listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 108 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where because of recent events, I have had to tell my co-hosts what cubic zirconia is. They didn't know, but we have now all learned it's a cheap form of diamonds. Thomas, were you happy to learn this fact? Uh, no, not really. Um, okay. There were a lot of, although as far as things I was happy to learn, uh, it's not at the bottom of the totem pole. This is true. I think there have been things about Maryland basketball we've learned in the last week or so since we recorded this show previously that are much, much, much worse to know than what cubic zirconia is without a quick Google search. And Jared, you also learned what this means, too. You're happy to realize yeah. it was cheap diamonds. Well, you know, Jared Goldstein, not a science guy. So, you know, happy to learn something you're not, new you're every not day. Spill Nye anytime soon, Ann, I guess. Absolutely not. He can continue to be the science guy as long as he'd like to. Um, and I'll keep writing things about Maryland sports. I think that's good. Stay in our lane, as LeVar Paul Speaking of Bill Nye. You guys remember which NBA player he had on his show a while back? Yes. You, mm, see what I was there. you see what I was Diamond doing there? Diamond Stone. You see what I was doing there, Thomas? You knew exactly what I was doing. I'm proud of you for that. That was very, very good on your part. That's a great transition. So we could talk about the fact that Maryland was included in a giant Yahoo report on very, very, very illegal money in college basketball. Although, is it really, should it be illegal? We all know that players should be getting paid. But for all of the Wendell Carters and the Sean Miller being taped trying to pay DeAndre Ayton to come to, to Arizona. Uh, as Maryland fans, we focused immediately on the fact that Diamond Stone was involved in this. And, Thomas, it, it's so weird because Maryland's clearly not number one in the list of 25 schools and litany of players that were in, involved in this. But to us, yeah, it's not something we expected, I think, necessarily. Although I do remember saying on Podcast Pass, when this whole scandal broke, I said, Something tells me Maryland's involved in this tangentially, and I was not happy to end up being right. And so, first of all, you explained what it meant very well in a great article that you wrote last week. And first of all, we want to know if there's any uh, new details that have come out about this. And secondly, what has changed? What is Maryland trying to deal with this? How is they trying to deal with this? And how is the program trying to bounce back from this? Because it's affected them in some way. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we've really learned much new since then. I don't think we've heard from Diamond Stone. I don't think we've heard from Andy Miller. Um, it, it's one of those that, you know, Maryland wasn't, I, I think you said it the right way. I mean, they were tangentially involved in this, is that Diamond Stone got money from an agent while at Maryland, um, as no, far as we know. That happened specifically. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have been late in the season it could have been right after the season um i don't know if to what extent that makes a difference uh, probably a little it bit it could definitely a bit of a difference i think when when matters in these situations yeah for sure um and as far because as we know got it in maryland knew nothing of it that would be a big deal if mm -hmm. you got it in march less of a big deal yep and you know just this so it seems like as, at least as recently as Saturday, um, they said that the NCAA hadn't reached out to them. No one had really reached out to Maryland. Um, they've 
conducted their own review. Um, I don't think we're going to get to find out much about their review because I don't imagine they found anything. Um, well, it's also different than when you have an active player that was implicated in this and you have to conduct a compliance review in order to make sure that they can keep playing. This is a player that left Maryland two years ago now. So mm -hmm. it's also interesting because it is a Maryland player that is no longer in school as opposed to, as we say, Wendell Carter, Miles Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, who are already in school. And that's a, honestly, it's a bigger deal, not just because of the school is involved, but because the players are playing right now. For Maryland, it's a player that is long gone. And I don't know if that changes the dynamic of it, but if Maryland is involved in any way and they could have done better to prevent this, I mean, it being a former player and not a current player, as long as they weren't directly paying him to come to Maryland, that kind of it means the worst that they could possibly have happen to them, I guess, is having wins vacated. Yeah, no, I, I don't even expect that, honestly. Um, I don't expect anything to come of this by itself. Um, unless there's more. Unless they, unless there becomes, yeah, exactly. Unless there turns out to be, either Maryland knew about it, or that Maryland was also, uh, try, you know, trying to bribe Diamond Stone, in recruiting. I think that that's an important distinction here is that this is money from an agent and it's not money that Maryland paid to try to bribe someone to come. You know, not like a lot of Miller evidently did. Yeah. And what, you know, we've heard about Louisville doing, we've heard about a lot of other people doing. So it's, those are, those are different things. I mean, as far as you, you just never want to get your name in this. And I think that's the worst part of it for Maryland is that their name's in this and they have to deal with it. Um, it doesn't look like much right now, but this it could is not it could over. it means that Maryland's name's on the board, and it's definitely far from over. But there is I mean, there's the possibility that any Power Five school is going to be involved in this. I mean, there are teams like Clemson that were involved in this and aren't exactly basketball powers. So, this, although Clemson is having a very good year, they are having a better season than Maryland is. But I think it mm -hmm. also just comes at a wrong time because this is already a bad season and then it just makes it worse. Well, I guess it's better for Maryland to have all the bad come out in one season than have spritzes of bad every now and again, which could derail otherwise great seasons. At least that's what I thought. Now, Jared, my first thought that came to this was, was thinking about Maryland assistant coaches now and previously and thinking if they had any connections to this agency, which I guess there wasn't as far as we know. But in terms of now the perception of the program, not just externally, but internally, I think it changed a little bit. And this fan base, the Maryland community, was genuinely already on edge because this was not a good season and everything that could have gone wrong did. And this doesn't help. Honestly, I, I don't really think it's such a huge deal. Um, just like Thomas was kind of saying, like, as long as it remains – known or a fact or you know whatever um that maryland wasn't the party sending money to diamond stone or paying diamond stone then this really becomes just kind of like a you know maryland may or may not have been playing an eligible uh an an ineligible player like for some part of its season um so yeah i mean the the name gets dragged into it because he played at Maryland, but you know if if an agent was the one paying him, and if it happened, you know after games were being played, then it really just becomes like not a big deal. So 
Um, it, becomes a, it becomes even more reason to only ask him to not come back. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. There were rumors like... around for a while that Maryland wasn't really happy with him and was more than happy to see him be one and done. Sure, I mean, I mean, for what was he like the number six player in the country or something? He wasn't, uh, you know, as dominant as people may have expected him to be. But you know, he was still a freshman. He still put up like pretty decent numbers that people, you know, tend maybe to forget that just because he wasn't like amazing or anything. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't think this is such a huge deal at the moment. I also don't think it's over, and I think there will be plenty of more. Um, players and schools and coaches and agents implicated at some point i don't know when but you know it just seems like that's kind of the way this is going and hopefully for maryland's sake uh they are not implicated any further but you know as as it stands right now i really don't think this is a huge deal i always have worried because maryland is directly linked to a huge apparel company that has huge huge ties in the sport of basketball and that always made me a little concerned when this stuff broke even though it was mostly about adidas i mean under armor isn't exactly small pittance in all of this but i, I don't want to do too much of coining a phrase from popular media and pop culture but thomas right now this is a nothing burger i mean it's not quite yeah. a nothing burger but it's close I guess it is a single patty with nothing else on it. I would say. Uh, okay. Maybe some like sesame seeds on the you know on the bun, but the flash frozen. I guess. Yeah, we'll go with that. So I mean, there is more that is going to come for this. This story is not over. I somehow don't think there's going to be much coming out about this in March, but. I would say wait until the off season because it's all the shoes are going to stop dropping like flies. But I think the other thing that help helps in air quotes Maryland with this story is that they were linked in a story where about 25 other programs were linked and bigger players and bigger names and bigger programs were linked. So I guess that kind of Maryland gets swept under the rug, so to speak, Thomas, if that's the only good thing about this. I don't even know if that's, that's the deal because diamond stone was the, like fifth largest fifth highest paid player in this thing. But that means there were still four higher paid players involved in all of this. Yeah, and Tim Quarterman was one of them. And Tim Quarterman went to LSU. Thank you. So, again, these are different things that are going on and I, I, there's a it's a complexity, it's an onion that's going to get peeled back and you've only peeled back the first few layers and only a first few sheds of tears have been coming. So, Again, there is a lot more to come with this, and it certainly made the atmosphere a little bit more tense on Senior Day. And boy, that 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 was awful. I don't think there's any mincing words there, Thomas. That was as bad as I've seen it in a long time. Yeah, that's. I mean, I hate. I, I, I don't know. That Maryland quit, but it certainly looked like they quit on Saturday. It, I, I wouldn't even say quit. I would just say they kind of just folded into themselves and just kind of let Michigan playing out of its mind just happen. That's um, kind of quitting. And, it's, yeah, it's a I mean, close cousin. Yeah, I, I, it was a very close cousin of quitting. I mean, they did obviously win the second half. That didn't matter at all. Um, and have apparently, you know, picked themselves up and had a couple good days of practice. We'll see if that means anything on Thursday. Um, Tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, Maryland had been playing okay for a little while. And this was, on senior day, a awful performance. Well, yeah, at home on senior day, a chance to beat a ranked team, you know, a chance to win 20 games, a chance to finish 500 in the Big Ten, and they just laid an egg. And that's the first time I've been really surprised with a really bad Maryland performance. And I've, I've seen Maryland performances that are bad, but normally they come on the road. Normally they're against better teams, and this is okay. You can understand that, but you don't lose by 24 at home to anybody. It's their biggest loss at home in 20 years. So you, you just don't lose at home like that to anybody. I don't care who you are or how bad you are. This team exactly. was good enough to hang close with Purdue and Michigan State. Two teams that are, let's be honest, I mean, Michigan's not bad, but they're better than Michigan. And Maryland only lost to them by one on the road and really should not have lost to them. So when you think about it, the fact that they lost by 24 at home, Jared, don't care how good Michigan is or how bad Maryland is, is very, very bad. It's one of the worst losses of Mark Turgeon's tenure, period. It was the worst home loss in my life plus probably about a decade. Um, yeah, the worst loss since Duke in 1998 at home. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was bad. It was, I think we talked about this last week, occasionally, you know, like just occasionally watching the team. It was frustrating to watch just from a pure, like, I want to watch a good basketball game standpoint. Um, you know, it started off fine. I think everything was good for about, six or seven minutes we had a one-point game um and then you got uh essentially a a ron burgundy moment where that really escalated quickly and uh that got out of hand fast um and so you know it, it was just uh it was tough to watch i said to lamar he was sitting next to me i was like you know they have to miss a three-pointer eventually right and they just i mean they made 11 michigan made 11 first half threes so I mean, you're not going to run into a team that does that very often. Um, it always okay. seems to happen to Maryland, though. Yeah, I was going to say, but it, but it seems to happen fairly often to Maryland. Um, so, I mean, that's that's. I, and Turgeon was saying, like, I, I kept noticing, you know, they would drive and just kick to the opposite corner for someone who was wide open, or if they weren't wide open, they could then you know, hit one pass out to the wing and that person was wide open. Um, and Turgeon was saying that they were running at people. They were playing help defense from places they, they're not supposed to help. Um, and that was very evident. So, I mean, if you're trying to look for a silver lining, maybe it's that at least they know what they were doing wrong um, and maybe they can stop doing that. that. I don't care what you know what you were doing wrong. If you're still doing it wrong, you're still doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm saying, like, after the fact, like, you realize, like, hey, we're doing this, like, stop doing this. Um, you know, maybe maybe they can fix that and, and come up with some Cinderella. I would hope it's fixable if you can identify it that quickly, especially in-game. Well, I mean, this it doesn't seem like something that would be that hard to fix if you're running it. If, if you're helping from the wrong place, just, like, that person has to not help. Um, and it has to come from somewhere else. What I was surprised... Uh, didn't happen is that Maryland like hardly played any zone during that game um, because that's the thing that Mark Turgeon doesn't like to do and yeah I know at times he's a bit of an ideologue I I get that and I completely... it was amazing 
to see that he switched up his offense to more yeah. of a I mean, look, I, would, game. I understand, um, you know, like running your system and, and, you know, tweaking your system to fit, you know, a, a certain game plan. But, I mean, Michigan was just kind of getting anything it wanted inside the three-point arc. Um, I, I think maybe packing it in at some point you know, could have at least slowed them down a little bit. So they weren't well, getting... I mean, I can understand why you don't play zone against a team that's hitting a million threes. Because well, so, but, the way but they were hitting the threes, threes off, of, off of dribble penetration and kicking it back out. So I'm... This is true, but I still am concerned about a team that's hitting threes and going to zone and then daring them to beat you. Because clearly they can. I just, I'm just saying that I, I think, you know, they weren't just dribbling it up and shooting over everybody. They were carving through a defense and and kicking it back out that way. So if you pack it in, then you at least take away the first part. And if they're going to make threes, they're going to make them anyway. So you might as well just, you know, keep that ball outside and, and eliminate, you know, any kind of penetration. I mean, I would have gone for anything to switch up that game, but uh, I turned it off at the end of the first half because I was it, when it was 30, I was like, no. All right, that's it. Y'all quit. I'm quitting too. And whether they quit or not, I mean, it, it's a very vague distinction of whether a team quit, but it certainly seemed like they did. And it ended the season on a really, really sour note. Now, they have a chance to redeem themselves tomorrow afternoon, 12 o'clock at Madison Square Garden in front of Thomas Kenzora and friends. It's probably about all that's going to be there. They play Wisconsin, a team that they beat earlier in February. It was a close game, but they should be able to beat them, though Wisconsin has played a lot better since then. They've beaten Purdue. They gave Michigan State a good run for their money. I don't know whether Maryland should win this game after what happened on Saturday. I have no idea what to expect anymore. But I think on evidence, Maryland should probably be able to beat Wisconsin. And that's about all I'm asking them to do in this tournament because then they have to play Michigan State again, and good luck with that. I generally agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, we'll have a pretty good crew. It'll be myself, Lamar, uh, Alex Littlehills and Lila Bromberg are all going to be there. And then if they win a game, uh, we'll see if Jerry can come up for Friday. Damn, um, you're bringing up the band. Yeah, and we all got uh, credential approved and everything. So it's going to be it's gonna be a fun little show there. Um, yeah, you know, when, whenever you have a chance to cover stuff in Madison Square Garden. It's, Even that's if it's about thing. three people? Yeah, at noon on a Thursday. Why not? Oh, it's going to be dead. Yeah. I mean, do you think BTN will pump in freight crowd noise? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll probably need someone else to tell me that. I'll, I'll tell you that because I'll be watching you on BTN. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I would generally agree. I think Maryland beat Wisconsin in a close game at home. Um, you know, Wisconsin has won four of six since. Um, and Maryland, I think, also. Went four no, and two. They lost three games since then. They did go okay, so they went three Penn and three State, or something. Penn State happened after Wisconsin. I don't remember the schedule. I think anymore. it was. I don't really want to remember. It, it like much, yeah, no, that all hardly matters. So it's yeah, I think they lost three times since. But you know, they seem like pretty good matchup um, for Maryland, and I think it's totally reasonable to expect Maryland to win. I think uh, Mark Turgeon did stress that. You know, at this point, 20 wins is something to play for. Um, and I, I would somewhat agree. I think if your everything goes wrong and everyone gets hurt season, 
is a 20-win season. That's not the worst thing. Um, no. But but that is a, a point that they should get to. I mean, you don't want to go one and done in the conference tournament two years in a row. And after one year where it was in your backyard and another year where you're the second closest team to it and the closest team well, is Rutgers. Well, Maryland, if you're talking about teams with home court advantage, if it actually mattered at this point, and the game wasn't being played on 12 on a Thursday afternoon, one week before it should, then you'd say Maryland could get a decent home court advantage in New York. But it doesn't matter at this point because no Maryland fan cares at this point because the season's over. I got to be honest. I mean, if they start winning and maybe if they upset Michigan State, people would go like, oh, okay then. But somehow I doubt that happens. Then maybe they do get a bit of a home court advantage. But this is such an odd tournament at an odd time, which the commissioner of the Big Ten has already admitted, yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. We kind of regret it. So don't think you'll ever see it again at MSG. Barclays Center, on the other hand, you might see it there in the future. I would put it down that they're going to go to Barclays Center just the normal week and not the wrong week. Uh, but again, I think that they could beat Wisconsin. They'll probably get housed by Michigan State. I, I think, Jared, you'll probably agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys kind of said it all, really. I mean, I, I don't think we're breaking any news here that Maryland and Wisconsin are probably comparable uh, teams with comparable talent or, or on-floor product right now. Um, and Michigan State is worlds better than both of those teams. So, uh, you know, it looks like the winner of the Maryland-Wisconsin game is probably going home Friday. But, you know, they play the games for a reason, and we'll see what happens. Last year, the one seed in the conference tournament lost. That is true. Michigan was the eight seed. So Maryland is the eight seed, and Michigan is the eight seed last year, and they... Oh, but they're so different, it's not even worth comparing. I just had to mention it. Yeah, you know, bring it up because you have to, and you're right, they are so different, but, you know, facts are facts. This is true. This is true. So... The game is at BTN tomorrow afternoon. Then if they do win, they would play at 12 on Friday. So if you're somebody like me who is still unemployed and sleeps till 1, if you really wanted to get up for that, I'm going to have to. But, well, you know, there isn't much Maryland basketball left. And then after that, presumably they're a mid-range seed in the NIT. But we'll see there what happens on NIT Selection Sunday, which happens after the NCAA Selection Show uh, one week from Sunday. The women, Thomas... It's been going a little bit differently for them. They did lose to Michigan, unfortunately, on the road. Then they come home to play Nebraska on senior day and almost lost, but found a way to pull it out. Correct. They, yeah, I mean, they, they never led um, against Michigan. They almost never trailed against Nebraska. So you would think those are the games that, you know, it happens. But, I mean, those were both kind of toss-ups at the end. Um, I think Maryland got within one or two a bunch of times at Michigan and then was losing in the last minute um, against Nebraska. So, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten, you know, sort of they regressed a little. Well, Maryland regressed a little and the Big Ten got a little better and deeper. And Nebraska turned into a real good team for some reason. Um, for some reason. No, I, I honestly cannot explain to you what happened. I do, so I don't know. Nebraska lost its best player and got a million times better. Sometimes that happens. Talk about the Washington Wizards. Yeah, but the Wizards also have Bradley Beal. Yeah, but they did lose their best player. <laughs> this is true. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just, 
I don't really know what to expect from the women this weekend. They're the two seed. They won the tournament last year as the two seed. They won um, the tournament the first three years that they were in the league. Yes. Well, the first two years was, was a one seed. But, yes. but yeah, I mean, they, they can definitely make some noise. I think it'll Indiana, be interesting to see Indiana, if... Penn State on Friday, and then I believe it's... Indiana, Michigan State seed. on Friday. Indiana, uh, I believe the three seed is Nebraska. I, so thought that, be, I thought it was Indiana Penn State that they that they played. No, it's Michigan State. Is it? Yeah. Boy, I, I could have sworn. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was Penn State for some reason. Don't know why I got that. Penn State was in that mix as well. I think they might oh, be in the eight nine. 11. Yeah, they're they're. It, it's that little zone, um, toward the back of the conference with a lot of different teams. Oh, okay. okay. Indi- I mean, it. You know, Michigan State. Beat Maryland, Maryland at Xfinity. Yeah. Indiana almost beat Maryland at Xfinity. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's – no, I mean, this will not be an easy conference tournament to win, but Maryland has also never lost a Big Ten tournament. So well, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Game, so. Those tend to go hand-in-hand hand, considering it's single elimination, yes. I know. <laughs> you never know. We have double elimination tournaments. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean – but, yeah, 9-0 all time. That's, that's, that's what that is. Crazy. So that game is 6.30 on Friday. Everybody was screaming that the game is only on streaming. I actually believe it's on Masson or Masson 2. So you could go check that out. Somebody could check the cable listings down there. I don't have that channel, but I believe it's on one of the two. So Friday night, if you're going to want to watch that, I know most of us do, uh, it will be on Masson or Masson 2. But you can confirm that. I'm 100% confident that it is from what I've heard. So if you're angry about streaming and you don't want to stream it and you want to watch it on TV, that might be the place to look. It'll be on one of the two channels. And then they would play Saturday against the winner of Illinois, Penn State, Michigan, Nebraska. That's three teams. Uh, I think Maryland would rather play Nebraska than Michigan, to be fair, but you never know. So, Thomas, what about their potential for a top four seed in the tournament that's i think the biggest thing for maryland if they win it they'll get the if they win the tournament they'll get one but what other possibilities of permutations do you think exist for that to be possible because right now as we stand going into the tournament they'd probably be a five seed yeah i haven't looked at it as much as i would have last year um justin did justin took a very good look at this and I, I guess I will talk about that a little bit. I mean, there's if they if I think if they win the Big Ten tournament, they'll be if safe. They they'll the host. There's no doubt there'll be a top four seed. Yeah, because I mean they'll just have to beat. This won't be like last year where I think they beat some just me, a bunch of mediocre teams to do it. Um, a couple of those mediocre teams kind of snuck into the tournament, but like this year, I think there's a much deeper field in the conference that they'll have to beat you know, two or three really good teams to do it. So, um, but yeah, like a few teams in the ACC, a few teams in the um, Pac-12, SEC are all in position to maybe host, but could also sort of slide out if they don't play well. Um, and, and so it's it's going to be really tricky, I think. It, it might just come down to whether or not they win the tournament. Um that's a simple solution. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the easiest thing. I think if they reach the final and lose in the final, they should have a chance. Depending I, on who they lose to. Depending on who they lose to, who they beat beforehand, 
and whatever else happens um, in some other conference tournaments that are out of their control and being played far away. This is all very true, and there's a lot more to And then we'll have that. another week to dissect this anyway, because... Yes, we will. Their select, you know, selection Monday is... Um, eight days know, away eight after days the away tournament after, final. Yes. It's crazy, right? It's crazy that both the men's and women's tournament are ending with a week before their selection shows. I know that this always happens for the women, but never for the men. It's bizarre. Yeah, that leads to no basketball week over at Testudo Times, and we'll have some fun stuff actually coming out. I hope you do. I can't wait to see that. Uh, Jared. Spring football practice starts, which Uh is fun. Is it, though? Yes. It's fun because we get to be there. I love football. Give me all the football. Jared, are you trying out for the Maryland football team as we asked you to do? No, those tryouts were on Monday, and I I didn't go. Oh. But it seems like the rule about, like, I think I just made up that you can't be a senior. So tryouts in the fall have typically been the Monday after the first football game. So maybe I'll feel extra inspired um, next year. Maybe Texas again. Yeah, maybe I'll get all excited and go then. Because that's actually my last chance. So, you know, we'll see. Last chance saloon. I would hope you try it, because that would be an amazing story to be written, even though it would be totally stealing from what a friend of mine did at Michigan, but I don't really care at this point. I think he'll give up the intellectual copyright to that one. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be interesting for sure. It would be one of the best stories ever put on Testudo Times. No offense to everybody who's written there before. And, all, and we have all, fr- all of our friends have written at Testudo Times. We're all family, so we all know what has been written here before. But that would be one of the best stories ever written on the website. That's why I was hankering for it so much because it would be amazing to see one of our writers do that anyway let's get to spring sports and what has happened in spring sports thomas you can give us the lowdown all right well um women's lacrosse lost for the first time since kevin durant played for the thunder wow yeah yeah i i looked this up maryland women's lacrosse lost to unc on may 29th 2016 the national title game and the next day, Kevin Durant and the Thunder lost to the Warriors in Game 7. That is a good, good line. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of my favorites. You know, it would have been – I was, I thought about that, and I looked it up, hoping that they would, they would just happen to be up 3-1 at the time. Um, but it was a little bit later. Aw, so you couldn't oh, make that, that series. No, I mean, but being tied 3-3 is, you know, funny enough, he was still playing games for them. And it just feels like that all happened so long ago, you know. Oh, yeah, it feels like it happened an eternity ago because I was still – well, I wasn't in college then, but I was still technically working for the student radio at that point. Yeah, that's all you know, a, a ways back. And anyway, they had not lost since then, and they lost in overtime at UNC. I mean, it's – Seemingly, it would only be UNC that beats them. Yeah, which is annoying, but it is what it is. Um, well, we'll beat them in the title game this year anyway. If they make it, if if UNC makes it, they might not. This is um, true. Anyway, uh, men's lacrosse uh, is still undefeated. Was going to make it? I would be surprised if they didn't at least make a run at it. And now they have a loss to motivate them, and you know that coaching staff can motivate them to do anything, doesn't matter how good they are. And now a loss to that team. Wake up the yeah. Death Star. Yep. Um. Yeah, and men's lacrosse is still undefeated. Pretty tough schedule coming up. 
Um, a lot of top 20 teams in the next few weeks, starting with Notre Dame this week. Um, did they lose to Notre Dame last year? They did. Although I believe that was on the road, and I think they're at home for this one. If, if I thought I'm that Notre Dame game was in like California or somewhere. Maybe that was another season. It, that might have been correct as well. Um, but either way, one, one, one thing that I was, I was pointed out by my roommate who covers men's lacrosse for the Diamondback is that Notre Dame somehow has a sponsor for the title of men's lacrosse coach. What? So, so like Maryland has, no, 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 no. I, okay. So there's a, a, a sponsored, the blankety blank lacrosse coach for men's lacrosse at Notre Dame. Actually, it's a family, so it's the Bomber Family Men's Lacrosse Coach. Oh, I was hoping it would be some sort of crappy company like Pizza Hut. Uh, I feel like that might even be funnier. That would be a lot funnier, and I would have totally expected some school to do it, but maybe not Notre Dame. But So anyway, so that's what we're dealing with this week. Um, and they still beat Maryland in lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, Notre Dame's a good program. Um, they do. They have a sponsored we'll... coach pro, uh, position. <laughs> And they beat Maryland in lacrosse. That's the so, first so, time I've legitimately ever heard of a sponsored coaching position. Oh, oh same. That's I, I don't know if that's anything that anyone else is going to do ever. But if, I just if Maryland it does it, we will make fun of it vociferously. Oh, for sure. That's that's what we were put on this earth to do. Yes, it's the only thing I was put on this earth to do, basically at this point. Um, and then. Softball still winning one game per weekend, even though they're playing five games per weekend. And um, well, at least they're winning one and not none. Yeah, that's that's good start. Wasn't there one of those where they score? Oh, was it baseball that had like they couldn't score any runs and then they scored like nine in a game? I would assume that. Oh, was that softball. was softball. That yeah. was softball. They scored fourteen runs in the first nine games and then scored nine in one game and then they didn't win again the rest of the weekend. Although, in fairness. They did, I think, play Florida twice that weekend. And Florida's but they number beat two Florida weekend. last year. They beat Florida last year in a game that makes less sense as time goes on. Yeah, it, that's true. Um, and then baseball is doing the opposite of what we all said it would. Um, the starting pitching has been a question mark. And the hitting, like everyone's kind of slumping at the same time. But, like, the bullpen's been good, and the bullpen lost everybody. So it's it's all weird. But they're three and four. They're three and four. They're playing um, later this afternoon. And then they have a road series after that. So Still very um, early. Yep, still early in the year. Don't panic about too many things just yet. In baseball, you play a million games. So... I, I, I don't know. I, I should follow these things more to make me happy about Maryland sports, but I have to be honest, I don't. Maybe this year, though, as my unemployment gets deeper and deeper, I'll probably start paying attention to it more just to be happy about something. I guess I have to. Whatever you got to do. Yes. And, Jared, Maryland did sign his first 2019 football recruit. It was funny because we had just literally just stopped recording the podcast last week when Thomas and Lamar, who were on that show, were like, we have to stop talking now because Maryland just had a first football commitment for 2019. So let's talk about that commitment to end the show. Yeah, Levante Gator uh, is a three-star cornerback out of Bayou High School in D.C. Um, 
that was actually really funny. I was partaking in the uh, craze that is uh, the video game Fortnite, um, and I was actually. Now you have to explain what that is. So that's it's a uh, it's a hundred person like free for all battle royale game where you just got to go like not die um, until you're the last one left and there's a circle and it gets smaller and smaller you have to be inside the circle or else you lose your health and whatnot. Anyway, I was having one of my best games ever and I was in the top like six or seven um, and my phone buzzed and I looked down and it was a tweet from Levante Gator that he had committed and I was like, you know. Of all to, the times. Of all the times, yeah. So long story short, I didn't win. I died um, pretty quickly after that because I wasn't focusing. Um, and then I wrote that article real quick. <laughs> um, and yeah, but, you know, on, a, on an actual more serious note, uh, he is he's quite the athlete. Uh, he plays both ways in high school. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's kind of a, uh, he's a kid that, that like a high school will play at like safety because he's so athletic and he can cover a lot of ground quicker than most other high schoolers. Um, at Maryland, he projects as a cornerback, I believe. So, you know, we'll see how that works by the time he gets here. Only, uh, Rayvon Davis and, uh, one other person, I don't remember off the top of my head who it was. I put it in the article. Um, only like two members of the cornerbacks room will have left uh, who are currently on the roster. So, you know, it'll be a pretty um, experienced cornerback room. And because of that, uh, Maryland isn't going to take a ton of corner uh, cornerbacks in this class. So Gator, it might be like Gator and one and maybe two other guys. Actually, uh, Rayvon Davis is the only cornerback who's going to be out of eligibility. Um, so, you know, someone might leave early, but Rayvon will be the only guy who has, you know, who has to go. So, you know, it's going to be a smaller class uh, across the board, but specifically at cornerback. So, you know, the fact they were willing to uh, accept his commitment this early in the process uh, shows that they are, you know, high enough on him that, you know, they're, uh, that, you know, that they're willing to take his commitment now. So, um, you know, maybe they think he's better than his, you know, uh, than his ranking. You know, he's like a mid three-star guy right now. Maybe that'll rise. Who knows? Typically after guys commit, it kind of stays around the same. It's not a bad thing to get commitments from players that are underappreciated and might be underscouted. That's where Maryland has to be good if they want to be really successful. They might not get the best recruits in the world because they go right. to other better schools, better programs. So Maryland has to get players like this and then turn them into really good players. And that is what they have done in many cases, like will likely. So I don't know if right. it's will likely or not, but you never know. And you have to hope players turn into this, uh, those kind of players. Uh, Thomas, let's end the show by talking about Mark Turgid's tie. Why not? Should he wear a tie at the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, this is uh, this is very important stuff. Um, yes. I've, I've so how far we've gone year. down the Maryland basketball rabbit hole that we're talking about Mark Turgeon's tie. I, I mean, this is this has fascinated me all year, is that he's worn a tie for six straight years at Maryland, basically. And then earlier this year, he just stopped. And I didn't want to ask about it because, A, other people are trying to write, like, serious stories. 
And so I'm not going to like infringe on that. Especially and also, now. And also, what if he's actually like talked about it already and I, I'm like late? I don't know. I don't think anyone ever figured out why he ditched him. And then he went back for the Purdue game and wore him in all but one game since. And so I, I was just, you know. <laughs> and so I think about this now Maryland needs four wins in four days. Knowing that, should he wear the tie, should not. And I looked at it, and, you know, their their numbers were a little better with the tie. So that combined with it's New York, it's the Big Ten tournament, big event, you know, dress formally, wear a tie. Wear a tie. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I see what you did there. Um, I actually didn't recognize that immediately, and then it, it took me a second. But, yeah, I'm good one. I'm still for the Big um, Ten now. I think I have to be. We all are. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I would go, you know, wear a tie and uh, see what you can do. And maybe if you listen to this podcast tomorrow afternoon as Maryland is playing Wisconsin, you'll know the answer to this question already. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I just Let's hope you, I just hope you listen. Announced attendance for today's games between Rutgers in Minnesota and what is it, Northwestern and Iowa? No, Illinois and Iowa, excuse me. Illinois and Iowa. Over under announced attendance for these games today. 5,000, 10,000. I think that's the range of like what we should expect announced. What do we got, Jared? Um, naturally, I would expect the Rutgers game to be a little more populated because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it won't. They cl- Well, that's they're more local than Illinois and Iowa, so that was my reasoning there. Um, do you think people care about Rutgers basketball? I think people from New Jersey care about Rutgers basketball. Some of them enough that. Sir, do you know where I'm from? I maybe you're from New Jersey. Yes. Okay. Well, you didn't go to Rutgers. Um, I didn't. So from a Kevin uh, Joel McHale, Kevin McHale, Joel McHale. Maryland is the place for kids from New Jersey and New York to go if they don't want to go to Rutgers. This is the thing that happens. So my point is the only funny thing he said during that entire show. Yeah, so anyway, so my point is that more people are this, like it's closer to Rutgers, so there's going to be more people in New York City to watch a Rutgers game than there would be for an Illinois Iowa game. So that's my guess that that game is more populated than the other one. Um, I'd say about 7,000 people. Okay, I, I, I'm going with much less because it would be a lot funnier if it was like 4,000 or 3,000, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just to tell Jim Delaney, don't do stupid stuff like this again. But that's maybe what I want to do. But anyway, we will be back next week to talk about these tournaments in some great detail because there won't be any other basketball to preview for a week plus. And uh, maybe we'll focus more on spring sports next week. We probably should do that because it'll be a lot more fun to do that as well as maybe three of the programs that we can talk about in the spring sports are good. And uh, I guess we could talk about good Maryland sports more than we talk about bad Maryland sports. I think that'd be nice. So uh, enjoy New York, Thomas. Enjoy Madison Will do. Square Garden. Will Have do. Have you ever been before? Um, yeah, I covered uh, Maryland UConn my freshman year there. That's true. You did. That, that's right. And haven't really been haven't been back. Um, I could tell you there but, will probably be more people for Maryland UConn at that game than there will be at Maryland Wisconsin tomorrow, today, tomorrow, whenever the hell you're listening to this. Well, yeah. That goes without saying. And Jared, hopefully they win so you can get up to New York too. Let's uh, let's make that happen. The entire Testudo Times partying in New York. 
uh, post great details of this on the internet. So it will be a long-lasting legacy for us all. For the only Big Ten tournament ever held in New York until they held it at Barclays Center at some point in the not-so-distant future because I just think it's inevitable. But anyway, if you, we were in all seriousness, enjoy because there are not many more Maryland basketball games this year, and they are still fun to watch while you have them, and you're going to miss them in mid-May and mid-June when Maryland isn't playing. So enjoy that. Enjoy the women's tournament as well. Again, check Masson or Masson 2 on Friday. That's where I would believe the game for Maryland against Indiana or Michigan State will be. The Saturday games are on BTN. If they make the final, it will be on ESPN 2 Sunday afternoon. So enjoy all of this, and we will talk to you next week where we preview the tournament hopefuls for Maryland men's and women's basketball. Until then, go Terps.